On this episode, we recap last week in college hoops. Duke is disgusting. We're not in Kansas anymore. Trey Young becomes a member of the Hair Club for Men. And Moses Brown joins Westworld. Give me that green light. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. Episode 15 of the Green Light Podcast. Uh, this should be a national holiday. Someone tell our special ed president that if he does anything before he leaves, maybe make Monday after the Super Bowl a holiday. Seriously. I don't want to get into it. My Patriots are awful. It's a perfect segue for the two teams that I like to root for that do not know how to play defense. No one played any defense. No one played any defense. Uh, no one played any defense. But. Duke is disgusting, as uh, Mike Shashevsky so eloquently two a, put it. Two weeks in a row now, we're, two episodes in a row, where we're leading off with like, Duke, Duke losing and not being able to play any defense. It's been a tough, yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to recover, but uh, they're awful. Um, I did actually not get the chance to watch the game, so Ian was texting me highlights, but we've talked about this all year. You know, Duke has a great seal, a high ceiling. They got fantastic players, ton, tons of talent, but they don't guard anyone. No, and no they literally said after the game, I think it was Pons was interviewed and said, you know, that was our strategy. We were going to put their uh, bigs in ball screens and make them work. And it, obviously the result proved to be successful. Yep. Um, now, we talked about it last week. St. John's was legitimately the second to last shooting percentage team in the country so this is as big of a regular season upset as we've yeah. seen in a long time um st john's is awful they're still winless in the big east uh they're projected to win one more game uh according to ken palm this projected year to beat marquette at home which is which is like which is crazy game, yeah i wouldn't yeah. say that either but um the, i mean you saw it I, they, yeah. duke doesn't guard it was interesting for me because I, I was i had watched st john's like on and off so so far this year and then obviously seeing them back-to-back games against xavier and and duke the big difference in those two games they're both very similar in the sense that um, St. John's did some really good things. They were still down, what we said, seven at halftime. Yep. Uh, but then right after half. the half, same thing as Xavier game. They were down like five at half. They came out, made shots, took the lead right back. Duke game, they came back, they made shots. But then the problem was Xavier kind of stopped it and answered. Duke just couldn't stop Shamori Ponds or anything he wanted to do. Getting absolute like straight line drives to the bucket – um, looking at the box score, he finished with 33. Bashir Ahmed had 19. And Tariq Owens had 17. Yeah, which the, is the, wild. Week, the game before, so Wednesday night, um, Tariq Owens had zero against Xavier and drops a 17-piece on Duke. When, honestly, like... Duke's strength is supposed to be their big men. Their big men for the first but time they those in big so men, long. But those big men obviously like can't guard no. because they're letting Tariq Owens, who I think is skinnier than me. He's listed at six <laughs> eleven, two oh five. Put that in perspective. I'm like six five. I'm I'm six four one ninety. This dude's got seven. This guy is seven inches <laughs> and only fifteen pounds bigger than me. So like, and How he's, you're getting and he's like. And he's like a yeah, and he's a Division One basketball player. But yeah. he like he got his, and they play. I mean, 
it wasn't like St. John's was any deeper than Duke, and they all kind of play only really ran like a six-man rotation pretty much. Um, Duke played Bolden and, and Javin and Jack White a little bit more than they did against Virginia. Yep. Uh, but other than that, I mean... I got to say, man, I, I love Trayvon Duvall. I think he's great. He gets criticized a lot. Um, but I cannot wait to have a shooting point guard again. Yeah. Because it's so hard when he comes off ball screens and yep. they just go under every time. Everything, yeah. But we talked about it. We don't need to – I mean, they, they, they don't guard. And it's so frustrating because of who Duke usually is and what K usually has them uh, rolling at this time, especially yeah. defensively. And they better figure it out because Thursday – they're at UNC. Oh, it's at Chapel. Wow, and then, the, Chapel and then the last one is senior night at Duke, wow. which is like looking March at, 2nd or something. So looking at Duke's schedule, they're still, I think, second in the ACC right now. Uh, obviously, it didn't matter to the ACC standings. No. As yeah, long. wait, but before – pull that up, but real, that's perfect timing, actually. I did not know this. The matchup between St. Why they played, a lot of people were like, why yeah. the hell were they playing? Um, it was actually in tri- yeah, yeah. It was actually in tribute for uh, Howard Garfinkel, who founded Five Star Basketball Camps. Yep. Um, you know, if you were any good, or you were like me and probably Ian, and you just uh, could afford to go and weren't that good, you went to Five Star Basketball Camp. Yeah, I mean that was a thing. Was <laughs> but 19, he's legendary, yeah. legendary. Absolutely but I didn't know that they had the like, logo at center court. Now, I did not know yeah, that. it was uh, it was really cool. It's like Garf. Um, Luke Harnaseka was in attendance. Ninety three year old Luke Harnaseka was there. Yep. Hyped up after the game. Um, he said, like, stash that one away or something to the camera. They're asking. Like, <laughs> he was hyped. There are more, obviously, Duke fans there than St. John's because their one trip to what people call it Cameron North. Yeah, Cameron North. Garden, um, which was it, it, even like more impressive that St. John's won when it's supposed to be a home game for them, but really. Um, you got, you want a trivia question? What, shoot, shoot. How many Uh-oh. wins does Luke Karnaseka have? And I know this because I have his signed poster in my bedroom. 684. 526. But very, very close. I should have, so many wins. I thought he <laughs> so was in many like wins. Six, that is a lot. So um, many wins. They had some good teams, man. St. John's. I like St. John's. Honestly, like as a school, like I kind of like. I don't. No, like, I know. We talked. We want them to be. good. I like want them to be good. I like their like. They have some cool retro jerseys. They've had some like cool players. They should be cool. They should be getting these guys. And um, it was. Uh, I mean, obviously, big big win for them. Hopefully, they can. And they still have to play Villanova next, so that was just the middle of their stretch of like three top five teams. Um, but more, even more, I feel like this is becoming a theme. A theme: the Blue Bloods keep losing. Blue Bloods keeps losing. Uh, really the next do, Blue Blood that lost, uh, Kansas, taking We're another L in Kansas and anymore. taking it in Lawrence yep. again, which is like unheard of. And uh, but I didn't get to watch much of this. You watched? I, think I watched the, the first half of it. Um, Listen, man, Kansas has, like, six players. Like, there's not much else they can do. Like, Bill Self, you know, called out his guys and said selfish, you know, that his players are playing selfish. He makes a lineup change. Um, you know, he, his quote is, I think we have a couple of guys that obviously don't try very hard, and we're going to make some changes in our lineups, at least one change. So, listen, man, I want to speak on this as a whole, though, because I saw a lot of backlash for – um, I saw only a little for Bill Self, but I saw a ton for Coach K for calling his team disgusting. It was a bunch of people, um, you know, a couple journalists, a couple random people on Twitter and stuff like that. But listen, man, like they were they, basically their argument was like, wow, uh, Coach K, who makes millions of dollars, is calling student athletes uh, who get free room and board disgusting. And like, that's not fair. And I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? For real, man. 
Like, what are you talking about? Now, listen, we are, I'm, we're so pro players being able to use their likeness and get all the money in the world that they can for playing a sport. Yep. But they played disgusting. Yeah. Like now you're like, who are you arguing? What are you even arguing? Like, yeah. like you, so they're not allowed to call their team selfish if they played selfish or they played awful or they played bad. They're just allowed to say nice things to the players. Like what? We really gave a dude like they, like we gave a good effort today, which yeah, I don't think bullshit. they did. Like, yeah, it's yeah, not, it's like, no, it is. No, they didn't. Into. It's like, dude, like, like how many times have coaches used kind of that platform to like, I would say fire their team up or send a message, right? But like, if you're just gonna say canned answers, that's the same reason that we hate like all these other coaches that literally just say the same thing. Like we talk even about like um, Izzo last week is a very very different scenario, but he just said I comply and this like just said absolutely canned answer it was already rehearsed. Like if you want K to go up there, we just didn't play a good defense. But like I want to hear what he actually thinks, and he obviously thinks that, and I think he's pretty spot on. But he shouldn't. Neither of them they shouldn't be getting heat for it. I I think that it's uh, it's fair for for both of them to say, but. Um, Kansas right now, I don't know what to do. They play, unless eighty four seventy nine to Oklahoma State. They're a team they live and die by the three. Um, we came in, you know, we talked Silvio DeSouza. We thought maybe we could play. He played one minute. Um, they really don't have a lot of depth at all. Obviously, no they, they just rely um, on Newman, LeGerald Vick, Devontae Graham, and then Svee is obviously taking a lot of threes. Um, he's two for nine from three, but like if their threes aren't falling, they're eight of 22. So he shot like 36% of the team. If their threes aren't falling, they really kind of struggle. Um, and not that they're out of the big 12 by any means, because you look at the big 12 standings and, uh, let's see, where are they at right now? Big 12, they're tied still for first with Texas tech at seven and three. So like. We talked about it, man. A lot of these teams are going to beat each other up, which is happening right now. Once you hit West February, Oklahoma's tonight, so we'll get another. They were both six and four, tied for like second. Yep. So like, and that's actually perfect because Texas, big win huge over win. Oklahoma, huge win that got them to even five, five and five yes. in the Big Twelve. Mo uh, Bamba played really well. Mo that Bamba's game. been playing so well recently. Yep. Um, that obviously, was massive for them. Massive. I don't think people watch. They haven't been as publicized as much, and and. Mo Bamba, obviously there's a ton of hype coming out of high school. Yep. Um, he's really, really been cool to see. And, and whoever drafts him is going to get a guy that they're going to hopefully be able to mold into an absolute stud because he has know, so many different what, tools. Um, what does he do? What, where does he fit in? He's gonna fit in. Don't get. I'm not trying to say that. He'll he'll find a role in the NBA at some point. You you can point. get paid twenty million dollars to rebound. So he'll he'll find a role. I'm just yeah. saying offensively. You know, like he's got work to do for sure. He does, and he's and like when he gets it now in the low post, he's kind of passive. Like a lot of the times in the first half, he was catching it. Not he he couldn't get to the post. Like they were yeah. bullying him out. Yeah, and then he would catch and then just settle for kind of like this either a long yeah. jump hook or a turnaround. And so that he has to work on. But like you said, he I mean he's interesting. He's Look so at talented. his numbers. He's attempted a three in all but two games this entire season so he's a guy i think that's gonna yeah, want he's gonna be like anthony Davis. he's gonna want to stretch it out like he's not it's not where he's like as a from kansas and he literally can't make a free throw to save his life like he's gonna try and expand his game he's gonna try and play that mold of basketball all the big guys are kind of transitioning into playing um but really good win for for texas and and obviously knocked, for knocked oklahoma Martin. yeah knocked oklahoma down um and and, and our guy trey young who um Trey Young, we saw an analogy on. Or was it, you call it an analogy? Yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's a an meme. analogy. It's a meme, whatever it is. Um, and 
I don't want to make fun of the guy. Listen, man, I don't I got don't. the best hair either, but no. there's going to be a time... And it all, it usually happens to everybody. We're yep. like, and it's just, it's just crazy because the kid's like 19 years old. So that's what's unfortunate about it. Yep. But what Ian is referring to is that they, <laughs> they, they had a picture of a lollipop and then basically you they took that lollipop cu- and like dragged it in like a pocket or like. It like got stuck in the couch cushions. Couch cushions. You pulled yes. a lollipop out of the couch cushions. And that's kind of what it's. And hair that's what like. they say what his hair looks like. But it's tough. tough. It's tough. Like Jay Bill is. Like, Jay I'm not here to knock a 19 year old kid. And it's obviously tough. he's a stud and he's killing college basketball. I would trade places with him in a heartbeat. But it was such. Don't get it wrong. It was such a like. But it's like Trey, just shave on. it, bro. Yeah, just shave that. You know what I'm saying? Like. What if, dude, what if he came out, like, Big 12 tournament, NCAA and tournament, it was it. Gone, gone, and he so. just comes, like, first game, drops, like, 45. It's like, Listen, man, this, bang, this we're is, here. This is, like, the he classic. more intimidating. The classic J.R. Smith quote, I think it was in, like, GQ or one of those things he was taking pictures. I don't know, whatever he was doing. Yeah, yeah. But J.R. Smith literally quoted, like, he says to LeBron, like, yo, you can't have it all, my man. Like, you can't be the best <laughs> player in the world, make $400 billion, and have hair. Like, yeah, you can't do it. Man. So, Trey Young, you got too much talent, man. Just let it go. All right, hair club for men, one way or the other. You know what I mean? Buy twenty thousand dollars worth of hair plugs or shave it off. Yeah, one way. Seriously, and it's like it's not like it's a recent occurrence. I think. I mean, obviously in high school, like you get away with it. He kind of got he got rid of the unibrow a little bit, but uh, (laughs) I mean. Hey, man, the kid's still balling out, and I'm sure, like, tonight's going to be awesome to see him against West Virginia again at the pace of play that both teams play at. So, um, eh, we got to you, Trey Young. Yeah, I know. We feel – just figure it out, you know? I don't you know. Get, we, we don't you have You figure your hair situation out and then throw whatever hair product that is our way to uh, to sponsor our podcast. There you we'll go. Get, we'll get, like, Just for Men just or, for men or uh, Head and hair, Shoulders. Yeah. I don't know. Something. Um, come sponsor our podcast. Works, works for me. Sponsor the green light. Man, listen, the fighting Brian O'Connors, not for nothing. Now, they did they have the weakest schedule. Georgetown Hoyas? Yeah, the fighting Georgetown Hoyas. Not for nothing. Now, they're we talking about 13 and 9. Now, they had the weakest schedule in the history of scheduling. I get all that. They played but the they Miyak. have they played so the <laughs> many Non-conference. close games. It's insane with yep. very very good teams. Yep. Now, they've gotten blown out. You know, Villanova blew them out. I get it. But they lose to DePaul by one. They lose to Creighton by less than ten. And they, the, the the Xavier game is just heartbreaking. So They had that. They game. had it. How, I don't remember how much time there was. It was less than a minute. But Georgetown was up four. 33 um, seconds. 33 seconds to go. Trayvon Blewett just like lines one up. I'm not even really a – I guess is he it, came off – yeah, he comes off a scream and dude just trucks him. And he buries the three. So it was an it was so up bad. four, buries the so three, bad. gets fouled, goes the line, ties it up with twenty four point three remaining. Like just they let go him to shoot it. They go to overtime. And that's the most frustrating part. If you're Pat Ewing, and obviously like your you team has been beat. in these really tough games, um, and obviously the Big East is an Ugh. awesome, awesome, awesome conference this year. I think the only team outside the top one hundred in the Big East is DePaul. Everyone else is like. St. John's even is like 85th. Everyone else is like top 50 in the whole conference. Yep. Everyone else is top 50. Um, and it's been in these tough games. And then you just – I don't say you give one away. You gave one like, away. You there's only one, one, there's only one way that a team can score four points in a possession, and it has to do with you doing something on top <sighs> of them doing something. And it both – it happened. It happened. It was brutal. I, I felt awful for them. But I think what this proves – 
Pat Ewing can coach a little bit. I think he can. I mean, this roster is tough. It's bare bones. It's a tough looking roster. It's bare and bones. They're they're making plays. I'm I'm interested to see how you know that recruiting class comes in. They don't lose a lot. They're they're relatively young. They so have the only yeah the only senior trade Dickerson. They have one senior who yeah. plays. Um, 24.8% of their minutes. So there you go. So, like, that's they're, they're mean, getting they, that back. You give them a full offseason. Maybe off they get a develop, transfer. Yep, full yeah. offseason to really develop guys rather than just kind of getting used to the system. You get Mac McClung in, the yep. white kid that just dunks on everybody on, like, all yep. the viral videos. Um, but uh, He's like the white version of uh, Zion. Last thing I do want to point out from this game, yep. J.P. Makura. Uh, Makura, Makura. Um, he, How do you say it? I think it's it's Mercura, it's Makura, but because the St. Like John's Acura. people were crying Makura, uh, no, they're saying Makura, and Xavier fans were yelling and said it's wrong. Okay. So he all last year, if you watch Xavier, he wore sleeves, long sleeves, which I love the move because it makes you. It doesn't um, if you're like a skinny guy, you don't have much muscle on you. It kind of like hides that, yeah, and so like like myself, that's, that's why I go long sleeves most of the time at the gym. Nice. He rocked that all the time, but then this year he hadn't worn it. The last two games though, he he went back to the sleeves against St. John's. Really struggled. This game, uh, what did he finish with? He only had he only had seven points in this game. Was like zero for two from three. Had five of his seven points from the free throw line. I think JP Sleeves might have to lose his sleeves again if Xavier wants to make a run because he's the last man. He brought the sleeves back and they haven't been that good. Um, Embrace your been, skinniness. Uh, Embrace been, your it's skinniness. Been a, it's been a struggle. Just um, let it run. But. Big East is legit. It's going to end up being Villanova and, and Xavier just coming down to uh, to the wire. But um, we got to give over, we got to give some West Coast love. Yeah, we haven't given a West Coast love in a while since uh, since Martin Bahar came on the pod. So we yep. got to we got to touch on the Pac-12. Um, Washington had a massive massive week. Yep. Um, took down not just Arizona State. Uh, but took down Arizona as well. Two um, huge wins. Awesome, awesome wins for for them, especially a team. It's, uh, it's Mike Hopkins' first year. Obviously, came from from Syracuse. Um, they've now obviously they, the last few games they've had they've won all at home. Um, they did pick up a row. They've won four in a row. Yeah, shout um, out to Mike Hopkins. Seventeen man. and six on the year. Seven and three in the. Uh, Seven and three in the Pac-12. They don't have a bad loss. They, they don't. Really, their don't. only losses are Providence. Virginia Tech, which they lost both games in Madison Square Garden, so okay. neutral side, which is yep. fair. They came all the way across the country, lost no those games. They lost to Gonzaga at home. Um, they lost at UCLA. They lost at home to Stanford, which is all right. All right. And then they lost, lost Utah. Uh, at Utah. So no bad losses, but now they have and wins over Arizona, Arizona State, USC, Kansas. We forget they beat Kansas yep. earlier this year. Yep. Um, and... Uh, they're, I mean, they're trending upwards, and uh, it's crazy to think because Washington's been a team that's had all this talent the past few years. They had Markel Fultz, they couldn't even make the tournament. Couldn't even now make it shows the you. I mean, Mike Hopkins comes in, and they're already they're knocking at. Shoot, they have four more. They still have four more home games, um, and then some some pretty. Uh, I'm gonna say not easy away games, but they look like they should be making the tournament in uh, in Husky Land. Yep. Um, we got to go over the big commitment in the past uh, couple weeks was obviously Moses Brown uh, joins 
Westwood, he commits to UCLA. Um, we talk about this a lot. Obviously, the kids from, um, you know, here in New York goes to Archbishop Malloy and, you know, wasn't even considering staying home, you no. know, because there's nowhere to stay. Yeah. Where, where are you arguing that this kid should go? Um, there's no way he should go to St. John's. Maybe Syracuse, but that's not even staying home technically. Yeah. Um, I don't think it doesn't even – Syracuse wasn't even on his yeah, list. So, I mean, so, like, yeah. massive, massive, massive get uh, for UCLA. Um Seen him play this year. He's incredible. He's huge. Uh, so that'll be really good. Um, another one, Emmett Williams from Oak Ridge, Orlando, committed to LSU. Uh, Jermaine. I'm LSU. Not, I'll tell you what. Dude, got, Will Wade is is recruiting his yo, ass off. Will Wade has – do you want to know how to move up in college basketball? <laughs> Watch this dude's progression. It yeah. is insane. I coached against – we coached against him. Chattanooga? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, and we beat him. Yeah, he never adjusted on the ball screens. It was like the most insane thing. We walked away like, "Yo, dude's does, thirty-five. Is, like, is Will Wade good? He's thirty-five. He was, I mean, look at that coaching career. So Clemson is a GA from 05 to 07. Two assistant at Harvard 07 09. Wait, wait, that's the most insane jump. He went from a GA at Clemson to, an to act, being to an a assistant. Harvard assistant. So he skipped the whole. Skipped everything. Uh, he skipped the offside. Ten of years. Things. Ten years. He skipped the offside of things. Um, VCU is an assistant from 09 to 13, so with Shaka. That's, yeah, that's when he got um, his start. Left, took took over Chattanooga as a head coach from like 13 to 15. Yep. We talked with Coach Foos earlier about how nice, how good of a program and a history nice that Chattanooga's gym. had. Yep. He ran that to the tournament, did really well. Went to VCU, went back to VCU, took over as a head two coach years. for just two years. And then um, boom. And dipped. VCU, I know VCU fans aren't happy. They don't like him anymore. Yeah, and I can get that because I sh- I'm sure LSU – Pays more than VCU. I get that. Yeah, two and a half like, million at, at uh, LSU. Yeah, but right. I, so I, I, you know, that that was an interesting move. But yeah. but I mean, good lord, from two thousand five to two to to today, the guy went from a GA to a head coach quicker than almost anybody. It's insane. Yeah, insane. Both. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Crazy to think, actually, he didn't make the tournament at all when he was at uh, at Chattanooga. But then at VCU, um, two different uh, two tournament stops, and then now LSU, like as. They're twelve and nine, but I feel like if they shoot the ball really, they can beat like anybody in the SEC. We've seen them beat like really good teams. Um, and he obviously, like we said, he's recruiting. He's recruiting at a high, recruiting high level. at such a good level. We got way off topic, but that's. Yes. I mean, he is. He's killing the recruiting game as well as anybody right now. Um, yep. No. Absolutely. Um, all right. So. We are actually going to be joined by the athletic director and head men's basketball coach, Steve Trefaletti at Pine Lake Prep down in North Carolina. He, I actually had the chance to coach with him at Central Connecticut. Uh, he coached at Central for a couple years. He coached at Fordham, and he got his start at Florida State. That's why I'm a Coach Hamilton guy. We're going to get into that, but without further ado, uh, Steve Trefaletti. We are now officially joined by Steve Trefaletti, who is the athletic director and head men's basketball coach at Langtree Charter Academy down in North Carolina. That was a mouthful. Coach Treff, what's up? Hi, I'm good, Coach. I'm good. I'm good. Great, great to be on with you guys. I appreciate it, Coach. Um, obviously... You and I had a short stint at Central Connecticut, but um, you know, for the for the listeners at home that don't know who you are, talk a little bit about your uh, your come up, your background, and and how you got to where you are now. Well, it's a long story. With your, with your introduction, Coach, our our stint was short. Very short. <laughs> but in the in the Division One world, <laughs> when you when you and 
and I spent 60 hours a week together. Oh, yeah, you were my brother. And I knew more about you and your family than I did about my kids for about an eight-month period. You know, that, that kind of covers things up pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, for me, uh, you know, it's been basketball through and through, guys. I mean, uh, you know, coaching and, and uh, certainly back in the day with, uh, you know, playing baseball and soccer and football and some of the other things, but always kind of gravitated towards basketball, always. Um uh, played Division Two, played at King State College in New Hampshire, and uh, after I graduated, went back home, started coaching AAU. Uh, was very lucky, and in that business, in the in the basketball business, really in any of these sports businesses, you know, luck luck is part of it, guys. It really is, and um, you know, it's, sometimes it's an unfortunate part of it, but it is part of it. Yep. Uh, I was lucky enough where our AAU team was very good. We had some pretty high-profile guys, so. Uh, put me in a position to be out and about and uh, work the five stars and, um, you know, shout out to uh, uh, Coach Garfinkel, who they just had the Garf game last weekend. And, yeah. Uh, you know, what an unbelievable tribute that was. That that was very special for me and uh, really hit home. And um, so started with the AAU and uh, through that um, connected with Stan Jones, uh, the associate head coach at Florida State. Uh, was lucky enough to get an opportunity to go down there with those guys. Uh, I know uh, – I know Ian's a huge Florida State fan, right? <laughs> he heard the episode. He did. There's, hey, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, though. I, as a Virginia fan, I'm more scared of this Florida State game coming up on Wednesday than I am of any other game on the schedule. So, because they have they have Virginia's number in Tallahassee, that's for sure. Yes, sir, and, and that's what they are, Ian. They they are such a formidable crew because they're so athletic. They're so long. There are certain days where, I mean, if you can't throw in the ocean, you're going to have your hands full with those guys. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And, and so, for me, that was where I learned everything else. Not the basketball stuff. The basketball stuff is obvious. They were top-notch, as good as it gets. But you learned the, the work ethic and what it took to be at that level, to stay at that level. Um, and, and you're talking ACC, and, and Coach Hamilton has been successful at that level for a long, long time. Yep. Uh, so very blessed and, and thankful to, to have the opportunity to go down there with those guys. Um, and then after two years down there, Florida State was uh, fortunate that Coach Hamilton uh, was very close with Derek Wittenberg, uh, Coach Wittenberg of NC State fame, obviously, yep. uh, for any of the, the Hoop fans listening. Oh, yeah. um, he, uh, so Coach uh, Wittenberg took me on at Fordham, okay. uh, which was my actual kind of my real first taste of division one basketball as a, as a full-time assistant and i was at fordham for four years and after that i went to central connecticut for another four years which is where uh, paul and i worked together for our final year there and um after that is that that was kind of coming to a close I, I was looking for a little something different and uh through my time at florida state i was able to get my master's degree in athletic administration and figured i'd try my hand at that and uh, i've been an athletic director for the last four years and, and i've really enjoyed it so I've kind of kind of hit the game. It kind of hit a little bit of everything and uh, trying to figure this thing out as we go. Definitely, definitely. And something we've kind of touched on with, with all of our guests, and obviously everyone has a different rise, everyone has a different story. Um, how, in your words, I mean, how hard is it these days to, to move up in college hoops? Uh, obviously, unless, unless you cheat. Unless, yeah. <laughs> unless you cheat. If you're going by the look, doing it the right way, how hard is it? So obviously you, you've been in a bunch of different spots. Um, yes, but to make that rise, and what are kind of those keys that you see in your mind as, as being uh, making sure you're successful and, and, and moving on to other programs? And real, hey, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but real quick, there's always a, there's I have like quotes from like you and Sean Ryan while I was there that I always wrote because they were just gems. And there, this one actually is a Hamil, uh, Hamilton 
quote, but you told me it, so I always just like I, I give it to you unfairly. But yep. basically, right, I, I know what you're gonna say. Go ahead. No, uh, well, I have it written down, but it's basically keep being a good guy. The line's shorter, and I, I knew that's where you're going. That's Take the yeah. Right out of my mouth. Boom. So all right, where you're going, coach. do it up. Now you can go. Well, but well, that's you know you, you guys use the the c word. Uh, you know, which is happens to be five letters, but kind of a four-letter word in in the Division One world of yep. you know the scandals and some of the <laughs> other things going on. But uh, they, that's the truth, Coach. You know, he, when I was down there and, and doing some of the things, um, they would joke around with me and call me Chicken Little, and they would say, "Trev, <laughs> the, the sky's not falling, man. Relax." You know, because because I wanted things to be good. I wanted them to be pristine. I wanted to do things the right way. And at one yep. point, again, Coach Jones, he sat me down and he said, "Listen." You know, you're a good guy and you're trying to do things the right way. And he said, keep doing it because the line's a heck of a lot shorter. Yep. And, and it resonated. And, and now you look back at, um, you know, I hate to say it, and I, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not one of those throw under the bus and, and bring up names, but you look at some of the things that have happened in the last year or two years, and these are guys that I'm on the road recruiting against yep. and losing players that I felt like I had stronger relationships and stronger bonds with yeah. and going, gosh, how, how do I keep losing some of these guys? And, you know, then it turns out, you know, that, that you knew why. And as unfortunate as it is, that is part of the business. And, and I hate to say it, but at Central, we had some guys that, that were doing things the right way. And that's probably part of the reason that we headed other directions, because <laughs> it's so prevalent. There's so much of it going on that it's almost, you know, the old saying, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And yep. that just wasn't my style. I just wasn't going to do it. Yeah. So. You know, it kind of made it, it kind of forced my hand a little bit, and so be it. I've come to grips with it. I'm not happy about it. I still sit there and look and, and watch and, and and wonder, but it is part of it. And again, I, I've become okay with that. Yeah. No, I, I I think the ceiling is just much lower if you're not willing to do anything. Um, Absolutely. You, you know what, coach? I also have to throw in there too. Um, who you're working for oh, is yeah. a big part of that too. You know, I, one of my best friends in the business worked for Bobby Kremens, okay. and Bobby Kremens was as clean and as good a person as the history of basketball would ever show. So it is still possible to do it the right way. It's just much fewer and farther between. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And like you said, if you know, if you're on the road and you're recruiting a kid, and another school does something, and you know that you're not going to get them unless you do that, what do you do? Because 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 the answer to walking back to your head coach saying, "Sorry, we can't get them because I don't have X Y Z or I'm not willing to do that," that just doesn't work. I, like <laughs> that's not an acceptable answer anymore. I, I, you know, put a period at the end of that sentence. Yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you and I sat in several recruiting meetings together when. You know, then work harder or, you know, figure it out. Circle the wagons, you know, what was the comment back to you. Mm-hmm. And, and meanwhile, you're not throwing people under the bus. You're not saying what you know because, again, that's, just, you know, honor amongst thieves, you know, another one to throw out there. I mean, that's – it is. It's part of it. And it's a, it's a part of it that um, – I, I mean, let's be honest. It's a part of it that I didn't enjoy. Um, I, I, I've never really been really – big into and so when things started going down this year man i couldn't get enough of it just meaning just reading about it and and you know saying yes let's level the playing field just a little bit to give guys like myself or whoever it might have been let's give them a chance seriously yeah 
I, I was just, I was laughing at the reaction. Like, what do you mean you don't think this went down? Like, you think people <laughs> go to Kansas because they like the colors? Or, oh, man, I always grew up going to Kansas or Duke or Kentucky. No. We no. said before, it's like, oh, it's funny. Like, the the it's just a, it's just a coincidence that these guys play for an Adidas high school and yeah. an Adidas AAU team. And then they go to an Adidas school. And it's it's like, oh, now it's like. It's wow. the most obvious things if yeah. you actually pay attention to it. So you guys get it. You guys get it. Yes, sir. I mean, it's it, you know sometimes uh, you know sometimes seeing through the forest, seeing the forest through the trees is uh, a little easier said than done. But you're exactly right. Yep. Absolutely right. Um, so obviously your time, <clears throat> and I got to see Fordham this year. Um, you know, went with the uh, URI guy to go see them play URI, and okay. was trying to figure out their roster. They they got a ton of. Um, foreign kids and I was kind of doing some research and I guess that's all because of the assistant coach Ali Tun but forgetting all that how hard of a job is Fordham and where do you think the future of Fordham basketball is going so I'm gonna go a different way I'm gonna see if I can throw a curveball at you see see if you guys uh you know are with me on this yeah when I was there I got a conversation with a guy who played at Fordham was a was a advocate for everything Fordham basketball and he, he was wonderful and even he was one of the guys that said Fordham belongs in the Patriot League. Yes. Yo. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Right? Oh my and, I, and I sat there and, and right, we all have these delusions of grandeur, and I'm going, I'm not. I'm, I'm a coach in the Atlantic Ten. I'm an assistant coach in the Atlantic Ten. I'm not coaching the Patriot League, mm-hmm. right? I'm young and I'm naive, and and you know I, I think I know everything and all these types of things. And yet years later, you look back and go, you know what? They belong in the Patriot League. Yep. You know, the academics are very different than the rest of the Atlantic 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saved maybe Davidson with, with their, uh, you know, obviously yeah. being a little bit newer to the Atlantic 10, so I didn't have to deal with Coach McKillop and any of the. Phew. But academically, they're, they're above and beyond, and they would be the only New York City presence in the Patriot League. Yep. Imagine the excitement at those games with, even with opponents bringing as many fans as they would every time they come to the city and being able to compete at a level that, you know, they, they kind of gotten in over their heads a little bit with, you know, the GWs and Rhode Islands and, uh, you know, even Duquesne with, with what they're doing right now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Been, it's been very difficult. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, what Coach Wittenberg did uh, before I got there and then my first two years with Coach is absolutely remarkable. I mean, we were winning 10 games in the Atlantic 10 at Fordham. Yeah. And not that it wasn't good enough. We fell off a little bit. But... That, that was miraculous. I mean, it was, it was, it's not easy. It's a very, very difficult job. There's no question about it. Yeah. And I mean, like you guys have, I mean, you can tell me, cause I don't think I've been everywhere, but you have to have the worst facility in the A-10. You know, they, they would always try to sell us on Rose Hill gym. No. <laughs> let, let me ask you guys, oh who, who played, who played their last high school basketball game in Rose Hill gym? Oh my gosh. Uh, Who played their last high school basketball? He, he won the city championship in Rose Hill Gym like 900 years ago. Lou Alcindor. Oh my oh gosh. My. <laughs> right? Wow. So, so, Al, so they're trying to. You tell can't him, be so playing in a gym. House is going, hey, Lou Alcindor played here, and they're going. Yeah, that's. I mean, who the hell is Lou Alcindor? <laughs> right? Jeez. You know, so, so that one kind of lost its luster not long after I got there. And again, you know, that, that old New York City money, that old New York City blood, that, that do, you know, they hang on to that stuff. They love their history. They love their basketball. 
and, and it's just not it's not where kids of this generation are at right now and and, and just again just makes it that much more difficult the facilities are, are non-existent weight room is a a shed underneath the bleachers across the street um yeah. the gymnasium which again had a lot of heritage and and uh history but was not the type of place that these kids see when they think Atlantic 10. No. You go to the Cintas Center when Xavier was in the Atlantic 10 with us, <laughs> and you're talking about, you know, 14,000-seat arena. Yeah. This beautiful on-campus, state-of-the-art, wood floor. I mean, it, it, you're walking in going, man, I kind of want to come here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it's uh, the, the playing field was not exactly level, for sure. I, I will give Rose Hill this. Having a bar in the basement is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> halftime rolled around halftime rolled around I went and got a couple beers and came back I was like this is awesome <laughs> oh, man. Dagger Johns baby Dagger Johns yeah, is un- coaches you're walking into the hornet's nest so you gotta be yeah. a little careful going down there to say hello after a game yeah absolutely especially after a win because people are probably like I'll buy you a beer come on down let's do a shot oh my god and then when you you lose the next four and nobody sees you again, you know, yeah. then, now they start yeah. <laughs> then, then it changes a little bit. Um, <laughs> the, the, the one thing we were talking about off air, I definitely want to bring up, um, you know, obviously in New England, prep schools are huge. We're seeing uh, an, an exodus from uh, New York City high school basketball players. They're not playing in the Catholic leagues like they used to be. They're not going to the classic, um, you know, powerhouse schools. You know, with exception. Obviously, there's still very good uh, players in New York, but it's it's certainly changing the landscape a bit. Um, a lot of kids going to New York, New England prep schools, and obviously now you being an athletic director and the head men's basketball coach in a prep school outside of New England kind of goes to prove. It's it's trickling down everywhere. Um, it, what are the goods and bads of that that you've seen so far? Yeah, well said, Coach. Well said, because that's exactly what you get to, Paul, is the goods and the bads. They're, they're, you know, I equate it to AAU in some respects, that there are such positives when you get with the right program. I, I saw a quote just a few minutes ago, right? I was just flipping around Twitter and some things, and, and the tweet was, AAU programs, I hope you're worried about collecting scholarships and not trophies. And you're going, yeah, that, that's what it's about, isn't yeah. it? I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's got to be about the kids. It's got to be about their growth, their education, their potential. Uh, AAU, similar to these prep schools, can be great with uh, travel, living on your own, you know, trying to figure some things out before you go to college, getting you college ready. But then you get into, I, uh, again, I had a kid at a school that I coached a couple years ago that was a scholarship basketball player. Kid was fantastic. He's now playing at Campbell. And he wanted to do it because he was he was not mature physically and still had some growing up to do that way, but his grades were fine and all that. He went to a place, and I'm not going to name the place. Again, just not my style. But he went to a place, paid almost $15,000. He went down to Florida, paid the fifteen grand, and, and this was not my advice, but Dad kind of went, not against what I was saying, but as we were kind of, you know, pros and cons and figuring things out, he didn't really need help. And two weeks after he got there, the coach left. <laughs> so the, enti- the entire reason he went oh. was, was now gone. My God. And so you can imagine how many calls and texts and everything else saying, you know, can we get our money back? Can we go somewhere else? Can- and now it's, it's the first week of October, and I'm going, yep. guys, I would do anything I could for you. We're kind of stuck here. Yep. Yeah. And, and so on top of that, there were 22 kids. Wow. So then they split it into two groups. One group traveled to all the national tournaments. The other group did not. 
Yep. So this young man traveled to maybe two of the eight big tournaments, and that was because somebody got hurt or somebody couldn't go. And so for their $15,000, which in the grand scheme of things, if you get a Division One or Division Two scholarship, any kind of scholarship, yeah. well worth it. Yeah. But when you don't, you look back and go, boy, that was a waste. That yep. was a waste. That was no good at all. So the charter schools, the prep schools, especially the NEFSAC schools, yep. you know, the Worcester Academies and St. Thomas Moore's with Coach Quinn, and yep. those are top-notch. Those are, are as good as it gets. You, you know you're getting your great education. You're getting people that know what they're doing, people that have done it before. They have connections. Coaches are uh, live in those gyms. Those are, uh, to me, I'm all for it. I don't think I would have said that 10 years ago, but having gone through it enough, th- those in the right situation can be perfect. To me, it's those pop-up schools. Yeah, those are yeah. sketchy. Those, all the, and you guys know all the words oh, yeah. and, and, and names and all those. And those are the ones that you look back and go, well, what are you thinking? You know, there, there was a story, and, and Paul, you and I talked about it. I yeah. remember, like it was yesterday, that there was a group of kids that went to, I believe it was out in West Virginia. Yeah, it was. And they were, they were there for a weekend. And not one adult showed up to take care of these kids. There was like six kids in a room. They were all just kind of hanging out, looking at each other, going, what are we doing? And finally, all the parents went back and picked them all up, and they all went home. The school just never took off. Insane. And I bet you somebody has their money somewhere. And and that's exactly – and, you know, for me, now being an athletic director, you wonder where the advice is coming from. Yeah. You know, it it makes you cringe when you go, who told you guys that that was the place, that was the best option for you? Yeah. So – you know, there's still some of that, too, where, you know, I hate to go back to it, guys. The, the parents need to just take charge, take control, you yep. know, monitor their phones, make phone calls, ask questions. Yep. There's yeah. people out there that can help if you're seeking the help. If you're delusional and you think you know it all, I, you know, you could get yourself in a jam pretty quick. There's nah. so many resources you can use to put yourself in the best position. And I feel like at the end of the day, I don't know if people just – it's that they just think whatever – is in their mind is is correct but there's so many resources and so many ways you can go to put yourself in the best position i i doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't do that so you're, you're exactly right ian i mean uh, again that, now you know paul very well yeah. um this is the first time you and i have talked but you can't tell me that if somebody just jumped in the car and just drove over to davidson and knocked on, on coach mckillop's door and said I know you don't know who I am, but if you have five minutes, I have a few questions for you. Yeah. What's he going to do? Say no? Yeah. You're talking about one of the great offensive minds in the history of college basketball. Yeah. And I'll guarantee you, he would try to point you in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, no um, doubt. It's no crazy. Doubt. Last thing I want to end on, obviously circling back to, uh, we talked a little bit before about you being at FSU. Um, I was a difference there and. We talk about Fordham um, being a school that's primarily basketball, and then FSU is a school that you think of primarily as a, a, a football school um, and a football powerhouse. Um, what would you say in your mind is the difference between working at a school that is primarily focused or from the outside looking in, uh, known as a football school, compared to a school that like Central or like Fordham where basketball really is kind of the marquee sport? It's funny, and, you know, you, you, you threw in a um – kind of a side comment and and you're exactly right with it and you said from the outside looking in exactly yeah because on the inside you gotta kind of be in it together oh 100% and I'm right with you so I went to Keene State which didn't even have football wow so I grew up in upstate New York I went to Keene State so I literally had never been to a high major football game I had never been to an NFL game now I'm as as sporty as they get 
you know, just watching sports, being into sports, reading, whatever the case may be. And yet the, the opportunity just never really presented itself. Yeah. So when I got to Florida State, I'm with you. I'm wondering. Yeah. And so I'm the guy. I'm going to go knock on the door and ask a question. And I'll never forget. I asked Coach Hamilton one day and I said, you know, have you found your niche being with them or, or um, you know, being kind of the, the stepbrother to them? Or, you know, what do you think? Are you rooting for football? Where, where are we at with this whole thing? And I'll never forget. It. He looked at me and he said, you know what, Trev? When football wins, everybody's happy. Yep. And so I kind of laughed and I said, okay, I, you know, I kind of get that. But you're talking, you know, 85,000 people in, in a stadium. And, and if you start winning games, then that just ramps up and up and up. It, it, it brings more notoriety to your school. People know your school. Is it a different battle? Yeah, you bet it is. You yeah. bet it is. You know, you look at Florida State at the beginning of this year. I think they were 12-1 and one and still not ranked in the top 25. <laughs> and, and every tweet in the world was going, you know, Coach Hamilton is still just one of the most, um, I don't want to say disrespected, but yeah. you know, just he's not overlooked for doing yeah. overlooked. Great work. That's, that's what it is, right? It's like, my goodness, he's doing mm. this. But again, I think it's because of that. I think it's because people go, well, it's still just Florida State. Yeah. It's still, you know, it's still a football school. It's still a, now looking what, when I first got to Florida State, we had to deal with the Gators for two years when they went back to back. And, you know, when you get a rolling in both, you know, now you're talking. I mean, now you're on top of the world. And you look, um, yeah, looking at his records. He I has mean, crushed it. Obviously, last year, 26 wins, 20 wins, 22 wins, 18 wins, 25, 23, 22, 25. Like, and then, that's and, as consistent as it comes. And like, not to mention, he beats Duke and Carolina more than anybody. So, like, that's, that's like, it, literally, if, if I was an AD and I was hiring anyone in the ACC, I would say, look, you got to hover around 17 to 22 wins every single year. That's your goal. Right. You got to get right. into the tournament and you got to beat Duke and Carolina once every two years. You got to do right. it. Like, those are like the three. That's it. That's all you got to do. And, and keeping in mind, and again, Paul, having done scheduling for, for as long as you did, you, you know, non conference games, you only get 11 of them. I know. So I know. if you can go 10 and 1 non conference, you still got to win 10 games in the ACC. Ugh. You're, you're talking off nights at Georgia Tech going against Josh Passner at NC State Good. going against Herb Sendak or, or Kevin Keats. Hey, Those are off nights. Those are games you're supposed to win. It's a That's little. Crazy. It's a little better to do the St. Francis PA swing. <laughs> it's a little now, easier. A little. To to finish the question statement <laughs> was, you know, when when Florida State had football games, guys, we. We made a day out of it. We made oh, a yeah, huge yeah. day out of it. So we would work out in the morning on a Saturday morning, and then around noon, you know, say it's a 4 o'clock t- uh, kickoff, around noon or so, we would tailgate. We would go down, and it would be, you know, all catered food and a tent and the whole thing, and we would have as many recruits as you could possibly get. Oh, yeah. Meaning, you know, the entire Georgia Stars All-Star team come down. Oh, yeah. Now, a lot of them are coming down to be a part of the, to go watch, um, you know, Miami at Florida State football. Yep. But for us, we're there for a couple hours. We get to see them and hang out with them, build those relationships with the coaches and the players and their brothers and sisters. Uh, another great part of it was ex-players used to come back. Yep. Just to name drop a little bit, Sam Cassell popped into the tent one weekend. That's and awesome. now all of a sudden you got Sam Cassell talking to our guys, talking to the recruits. Two weeks later, Charlie Ward pops in. Yeah, now you're talking yeah. about a Heisman Trophy, you know, NBA starting point guard. Yep. So those were the things that – if you do it right, which obviously we, we've continued to say that Coach Hamilton knows what he's doing and, and does it as right as anybody, yeah. you can use that to your advantage in, in a major way, whereas 
you know, Paul, again, we, we were at Central Connecticut. You have a football game. You're hoping for a crowd so that the recruit feels a little bit a part of it. Yep. But there was no telling what kind of crowd was going to show up. So we had to be very careful. We had to monitor it. Yep. You go to the football game with the recruit and there's nobody there. you got to make up an excuse and say, hey, man, let, let's go get a, an early dinner. or Let's go. And so as much as there could be a little bit of an overshadowing in some of those things, yeah. if you do it right and you use it to your advantage, it can be fruitful, man. It can be great for everyone. No doubt. Yep. No, no, absolutely. Doubt. Definitely had to be careful with those games in New Britain. That's for sure. Um, absolutely. So I got we got one one fun one for you, um, and this is more just a basketball curious question. And I know th- this may this may sit with you. I'm interested to hear your your answer. If LeBron James leaves, does he automatically get taken out of the top five conversation? Now it depends on where he goes. I get that, but if this dude goes to Golden State, I'm making a statement. He's no, he's no, he can, he's out of it. He has an asterisk next to his name, and he can never be considered a top five player ever. Go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I'm the guy that would champion LeBron till the day I'm done, and yet would never want to coach him. Oh, that's a good way to put I, it. I, and, and that's a difficult dynamic, right? Because he's a winner. He's been a winner at every level. I mean, he is the ultimate winner. But he's very uncoachable. It's very difficult to coach him. It's very difficult to play with him. Uh, even just recently, his body language and things have just been awful. That's what awful. drives his me defense insane. defense is yeah. like non-existent. It's just, yeah, that's what drives me crazy, the body language. I'm a big that's LeBron right. guy, too. Yeah, that, that whiny blame game stuff of throwing your hands up and going, it's like, goodness gracious, LeBron. Like, get, get these guys' hearts beating. Get them going a little bit. Or do it in the locker room. Don't do it out here. You know everybody's watching. Exactly, yeah, man. So, I, I hate... You know, again, I'm a little bit older, right? I'm not this generation, so these guys love these super teams. And, and no, 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 no. For me, uh, you used to love growing up, and, and you see Jordan going against Bird and, and Isaiah with the bad boys. And mm-hmm. that was the fun of it was that they, they didn't play together. They didn't want to play together. They hated each other. Mm-hmm. They competed. They fought. They, I mean, it, it was competition at its highest level. Yep. And now you're talking about LeBron goes out there for a West Coast road trip. And goes out to dinner with the Golden State Warriors? Yeah. <laughs> and and you're, you're telling me he's going to be, you know, on, on 110% when, when they get into the finals and have to play against these guys? It's not humanly possible. That's not how it works. No, no. And, yeah. and so, do I take him out of the conversation? I don't know if he can do that. What he's done in the last decade has just been off the charts. Does it change the conversation? Does it change the perception? Oh, you bet it does. Yeah. You bet it does. I, you just can't keep dancing around, man. You can't do it. You, it didn't work in Miami. Talking about seven, eight, nine. They, they won two. We're lucky to win one of them. They really lucky. Bailed them out yeah. of that Very one. lucky. The, the Spurs whooped them. Yep. And, and the Dallas Mavericks beat them just because they were giving high fives out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and again, you're talking to, about one of the biggest LeBron fans around. And yes, if, if he jumps again, yeah, it's going to change the conversation. No doubt about it. Yep, it's got to. Man, listen, that was uh, that was awesome, Coach. I appreciate you coming on. We will, uh, man. What did, what's what's the basketball record this year? How are you guys doing down there? Uh, we're doing good, Coach. We're doing good. We uh, uh, we have some young guys. We don't have any seniors. All right. uh, so I, I kept everybody. So I kept <laughs> a team of of twenty guys. What? Twenty guys, wow. 20 guys so I, came I, out. I sat them all down Some before the year. Mob. I explained to them. I said, "Listen, I, you know, I've kind of been through this a few times." I said, "But if you'll trust me, we'll, we'll get good workouts every day. We'll get better." I said, "And next year, when we turn into varsity JV, we'll, we'll kind of be a step ahead 
as opposed to if I kept 12, and then next year you kind of start over. Yeah, exactly. So I, kept, I kept them all. They, all 20 of them showed up the next day. Uh, and, you know, lo and behold, we, we won a handful of games. So we've been doing pretty good. Um, you know, we got some guys that people are saying, you know, make sure you temper your expectations and some of that. And yeah. I don't subscribe to any of that nonsense. So we, we've actually gone out. We scored 85 points a couple times there with a go. bunch of, you know, non-basketball players. But you know me and my offense. Are we players. running regular? Are they running regular? You're darn right. Let's go. Regular. And it's still tough to guard. Yo, my play, my AAU team loves that damn offense. <laughs> They are obsessed with it, and they think I'm. They love me because I, I literally tell them, "I'm like, yo, you guys all have the green light. Like, you can shoot it. It's the that's Play the ball. that is legitimately the point. Like, if you have an open shot, when you get a good look, like, just take it. That you don't need to like second guess yourself. And they're like, they like looked at me like it took them a game or two, and Absolutely. then like they took a shot. You know, like the one dude came off the ball screen. He was like naked and took one and right. missed, and I didn't pull him. He was like, oh my god, I found my just, team. This <laughs> is gonna be fun. Abby. You know, like, Toss back stagger. I mean, we still got head spinning. Slice, you know, man. Back, Slice. Trying to look for quick ones. I mean, yeah. What, what? yeah wait, again, it works, man. It works. It's a fun way to play. Uh, you know, so we've won a whole bunch of games. We were, we're scoring some good points. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, I think they've bought into, you know, the old man being a little crazy with the whistle in his mouth. So it's, it's been good. Hey, nice. at the end of the day, you guys are right off Lake Norman, too. So life is uh, life, life seems is pretty nice down, down there. there. Life has changed a little bit, Ian. You are absolutely <laughs> right. Yes, sir, my friend. It, I like things, that. Uh, things have been very good. I got some friends in the area. There, there's basketball. Uh, you know, you got all the professional sports right around the corner. It's great place it, it's to pretty be. Pretty easy to navigate. It's it's been a, a really good situation. Yeah, we're gonna head back to our closets that we pay our mortgage uh, our entire <laughs> life for, back in Brooklyn. So enjoy yourself, man. Hey, but listen, <laughs> seriously, thank you for coming on. This was awesome. Um, obviously, good luck the rest of the way, and uh, you know we'll we'll have you on again here soon. I look forward to it, Ian. It was great to talk with you, my friend. I appreciate it, Steve. Absolutely, keep in touch, man. See you, coach. All right, big shout out to Coach Treff, Steve Treffaletti, uh, for coming on the pod. That was an awesome, awesome conversation. Um, Yep, yep. It's man, regular. I tell you what, it's an amazing offense. <laughs> an amazing offense. But uh, that is it for episode 15 of the Green Light. We'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully, please let us start with Duke getting a win. Oh, you got the Tar Heels, so you got your God. They should. Oh man, I just hope uh, I hope my Hoos can can get a win in Tallahassee. Uh, they got College Game Day in Charlottesville on Saturday. You guys have uh, have have your the, your the, the big, big rivalry, big, big, the big, big one. We may need to end today's episode with "Last Night Took It L, but mm. tonight I bound." That's like my theme song of 2018. Might have to. Like, uh, we gotta watch out for copyright because yeah, there's yeah. uh right, there's good right. music guys. Oh, uh, God, don't hit us with it. But hit us up uh, on Twitter at Green Light Pod One yep. on Instagram at the Green Light Pod. Um, and uh, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Go to your Apple Store. Hit them all up. All subscribe. And uh, we'll be back at you guys next week. Keep the ball bouncing. Deuces. Lately I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, rustles up next and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.